0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Welcome in to another edition of Locked On Titans. I am Jimmy Morris, joined as always by Terry Lambert. Terry, how are you tonight?
2: Doing well. What's going on, Jimmy?
1: not too much and we also have a special guest Mark Schofield from Locked On Patriots with us tonight Uh, we're going to ask him a few questions about his Patriots and he's going to ask us a few questions about the Titans so it should be a pretty good listen for everybody before we do that tell you Terry and I write for Music cover the Titans for SB Nation uh, so you can find us there you can also uh, subscribe to the podcast iTunes wherever you get your podcast search Locked On Titans do that we would appreciate it all right, so now we will bring in Mark. Mark, how are you doing tonight?
0: I am doing well, Jimmy. Terry, how are you gentlemen doing?
1: Doing good, and we really appreciate you uh, taking the time to jump on with us. Um, I guess I'll start, you know, kind of the, the biggest story, I guess, around the Patriots since they haven't played a, a game in two weeks has been the, the ESPN article talking right. about, you know, the supposed fractures within the organization. Just tell us, a, talk a little bit about that. How much of that do you think is true? How much of it do you think is not true? And... What effect, if any, do you think it's going to have on the Patriots going forward on the field?
0: I mean, I'll deal with the last part first, and I think with respect to on the field, it's not going to have any impact. I mean, you're talking about, you know, anytime you have a successful type operation in in any walk of life, there are going to be sort of egos that get developed, and guys are going to start to think that they deserve some credit and things like that will happen. And so I think the fact that we're now 17 years into the role that these guys have had, you know, Robert Kraft, Bill Belichick, Tom Brady, and we're just hearing stuff like this now, is a testament to the fact that whatever sort of away-from-the-field issues there have been, they've been able to put that aside and succeed on the field. So I don't think it's going to have any sort of impact on the field. Now, as to what's true and what isn't, I think it's one of those situations where they're, if there's smoke, then there's got to be at least a little bit of fire. And I think you know, Tom Brady's not... You know he's not a fool. He knows that they need to figure out life after Tom Brady because he's not going to play forever, as much as he likes to believe that he can. Father time is undefeated, and so the Patriots have to plan for an eventual replacement. And it also comes comes around the time where Jimmy Garoppolo is up for a new contract. So there is going to have to be a decision made. And Tom Brady, as secure as you might think he is in his starting position. He's always had that sort of chip on his shoulder. He didn't want to make sure he had some sort of security. So I think that there was an issue in the sense that they needed to figure out, they needed to come to a decision what they were going to do with Garoppolo, what they were going to do with Tom Brady, because one of those guys had to be moved. And so it sort of developed from there. But, you know, with respect to Saturday and going forward, I don't think, you know, it's going to have any impact on the Patriots' level of play Saturday. Now, if they do lose Saturday. You can imagine that that's going to be what people point to, you know, regardless of how well the Titans play. You know, it's sort of a shame that if it does happen where the Titans come out and win this game, people will probably point to that ESPN story as being the reason why not the Titans going out and playing a very good football game.
2: No doubt. That storyline will blow up if that happens. Uh, Yeah. Kind of transitioning to the on the field stuff. Uh, I, I know the running backs have been banged up. Uh, we've seen Dion Lewis kind of fill the, the RB one role for New England. Who's going to play? What's the injury status? Uh, and, and will Lewis stay in, in that lead role?
0: I, I assume that even if Burkhead plays, he's been he was limited today with the knee injury. He hasn't played for a couple of weeks now. Even if he's back, even if Gillislee's back, who's been limited as well as with the knee, he didn't practice on Wednesday. Indication seems to be that Gillsley probably won't go. Burkhead was made available to the media, so he was probably going to go on Saturday. This is now Deion Lewis' running game. You know, he, He's he been a tremendous weapon for them, and not just in the ways that you would expect from Deion Lewis, run an outside zone, stretch zone, things like that but really running between the tackles. They've been very effective using him between the tackles and every down-type back. Now, they get to go up against a pretty stout run defense in Tennessee, so I'd be surprised if the run game is going to be New England's focus. I think with Lewis on the field, they might look more to using him out of the backfield on pass routes because Tennessee has had some vulnerability to running backs out of the backfield. But it's going to be Deion Lewis getting the bulk of the workload at the running back spot.
1: Okay, so if you think you know looking at this at the Titans team, obviously I think most people look at it and think that the way to attack this defense is through the air. You know, there's there's been some talk, I guess, lately that this Patriots team is not as good as the, the some some of the teams in the past have been. Um, and you know, I mean, I think some of that talk goes to Tom Brady. What have you seen from Brady this year? Like, is he still playing at that elite level that he was, you know, two, three, four years ago? Whatever whatever it is, um, is, is he still there? And what is I guess different about this offense than the ones in the past that you you've known were going to come in and, and just you know slam. I mean, the Titans played a game up there. I can't remember how many years ago. Lost like fifty nine to nothing. Right. I mean, those those teams. So you know this team doesn't doesn't seem to be a, as much like that. What's different about this offense and how is Brady looking?
0: Yeah, th- those are a couple of great questions. And w- with respect to Brady, I mean over at Bleach Report, I was their quarterback scout this year for the NFL 1000 project, and he to me still graded out the best quarterback over the course of the season, but there is definitely a stretch over the you know that five-game stretch where he threw interceptions in five straight games. Teams started playing a lot more man coverage, and you know when, when I start asking you guys some questions, that's going to be one of my main questions. You know, Are, are the Titans going to roll with a lot more cover one man coverage type looks? Because that's where Brady has struggled this year, when he's forced to Sort of make throws in tighter windows, and that gets to the fact that you know he's he's forty now, and you know maybe the arm strength isn't where it was say five years ago. So when he's seeing tighter windows, having to make throws to contested receivers and contested catch situations, you know it's, it's allowed for defensive backs to break on throws where maybe they haven't been able to do that in the past. So is Brady playing at the level where he was say five six years ago? I I don't think anybody would say that he is, you know, but he's still an elite quarterback, and I think in addition to that, he was dealing with an Achilles injury over the final couple of weeks of the season that was, I think, impacting, you know, velocity and his ability to sort of drive into throws. He's been removed from the injury report, so I think he's back to 100% or as close as a guy can be you know, here 19 weeks into a football season. So I expect to see Top Brady play better than he had been down the stretch, but there's definitely been some slippage, and you would expect that with, you know, a guy that's been playing for 17 years now, and now he's in his 40s.
2: Switching gears, the numbers say that the Patriots are kind of suspect against the run. Uh, That front seven isn't exactly what we're used to seeing out of New England. Uh, Do the numbers, is that, is that the whole story? Is there more to it? Can Tennessee make some hay with Derrick Henry on the ground?
0: Well, I think they could definitely have some success against New England's defensive front at front seven, running right the football. And that's one of my main concerns headed into Saturday night. You know, if they can get Henry going if he's able to get those combo blocks like they were doing Saturday against the Chiefs, then they can really sort of establish the run. And that sets up everything that you, as you guys know that the Titans like to do offensively, because then you bring the you know, the RPOs into effect, play action stuff, that really drives Tennessee's offense, I think. Part of the, you know, the issue there with New England sort of statistically against the run is they they've been this way for years now, have really sort of been you know, a bend but don't break type defense. They give up a ton of yards. You know, they're in a bottom five in terms of defensive. They might even be at the bottom right now in terms of yardage given up over the course of the season, yards per game, things like that. But they're, you know, creeping into a top five scoring defense where they'll let you drive down the field. They'll tighten things up sort of when you get into the red zone and they'll, you know, force you to settle for field goals. And that's a way that New England's been able to win for years now is they'll trade field goals for touchdowns. They're confident doing that. They think they can do that. They think they can get off the field in most situations. So they'll let you have a couple of, you know you know, six yards on first down, maybe you know, force an incompletion or something on second down, and then get off the field on third down. That's kind of been their MO particularly this year.
1: All right, last thing from me, uh Talk about the offensive line. I mean, uh, you know, the story is always, if you're going to affect Brady, you've got to pressure him up the middle, move him off of his spot. Um, the Titans, you know, I mean, Jarrell Casey, one of the best defensive linemen in the league, so they, they have that. But they, they've struggled to find a nose tackle really ever since they've moved to the 3-4. So they don't necessarily have that guy in the middle. But um, it, can the offensive line hold up? Has that been a problem for this team at all this year, the, the interior pressure?
0: You know, Jimmy, it, the – the offensive line was a big question mark, sort of that first quarter arc of the season. You know, Brady was on pace to be sacked more than he was last year. You know, Oh, he was very much on pace to be sacked more than he was through four or five games last year. And a matter of fact, I think his sack numbers were almost approaching his numbers last year. Now, granted, he missed four games last year, but still, you know, the sack numbers were big early in the season. Brady was taking a lot of hits. They seemed to sort of tighten that up through that mid-season stretch where they really performed well. They had some games like against the Chargers, for example, where Brady got knocked around a little bit. You know, they had a game against Miami, the one that they won at Foxborough, the one that they won fairly big, but he got knocked around there as well. There are some times when, you know, you can pressure Brady. I know, like you said, the sort of playbook is interior A-gap type pressure, but this year, Solder's shown some vulnerability on the left edge at that left tackle spot. They've also had some times where Joe Thune, the left guard, has been beaten both in one-on-one situations and also in situations where they show stunts or twists inside. They've, teams have gotten some pressure on Brady doing that, and that's something Tennessee did against Alex Smith and the Chiefs last week. So there are, I think, some opportunities for this Titans defensive front to, you know, scheme some stuff on the interior, get some twist games going, or even just trying to get somebody to beat. You know Nate Solder off the edge in a one on one situation. So, you know, as with every sort of and protecting Tom Brady, that's job one. If the Patriots can do it, they should have success. But there are some opportunities, I think, for the Titans to get pressure.
2: I'm I'm curious to ask you this. You, you've already mentioned your work with Bleacher Report. Uh, if you don't know Mark, you should follow him on Twitter at Mark Schofield Schofield. Excuse me. Uh, he is a quarterback guru. Uh, so I'm interested to get your thoughts on Marcus Mariota uh he kind of took a step back this year we personally have been frustrated with the offense uh, you, you see so many mistakes from the receivers you see receivers in the same spot uh it, it just seems like marcus is a shell of himself uh, from from what he was last year uh, what are your thoughts on him what are your thoughts on this titans offense as a whole and is it something he can kind of come out of
0: yeah and you know to, to sort of set it set the table at the outset Mariota was my favorite quarterback coming out of college. I had him above Jameis Winston. And, you know, in the Bleacher Report work in the offseason headed into this year, when I sat down and ranked the AFC quarterbacks, it was Brady, it was Roethlisberger, it was Mariota. I mean, that's how high I was on him coming into the season, because I thought he was primed to have an incredible sort of third year here in the NFL. I thought we were going to see like a breakout type season, and it just didn't happen. And I I think everybody would sort of agree with that, that there was a little bit of regression here. I think part of it was, you know, we had that hamstring injury. did look to me at times coming out from that that the lower body, mechanically, he just didn't seem to have the same sort of ability to drive the football, sort of like I was talking with Tom Brady in the Achilles. It seemed like that sort of impacted his play. And as you said, route concepts, even looking at that game against the Chiefs on Saturday, that interception he threw, he had that sort of scissors concept. That was a really compressed route concept where you know, Marcus Peters was basically able to just sit there and the ball was thrown right to him. And it was really anything that Marcus Mariota did it was just the route concept allowed him to just play two defenders and play right but to play two receivers right between them so I think the offensive structure has hurt him There have been plays as well where you know receivers let him down, like that scramble drill situation where he hit Decker, who was wide open, and Decker just didn't complete the catch. And so I think it was sort of a perfect storm of things between an injury, between the offense sort of holding him back a little bit, and some plays being left on the field that sort of led to the regression. But I'm still very high on Marcus Mariota. And... You know, if he could get going Saturday afternoon, that's one of the things That's keeping me up at night, is, you know, his sort of ability to make plays, extend plays. That's given the Patriots fits historically, quarterbacks that are mobile. And if he could, you know, play up to his level, you know, Tennessee could come in and win this game.
1: I do have one more thing. Uh, Just quickly. Uh, I was reading some stuff today. It sounds like the two games where the Patriots played the Bills, they used a spy on Tyrod Taylor. Um, one is that true? Two, who was it? Three, do you expect them to do something similar on Marcus Mariota?
0: Yeah, it, it, they they definitely spied t- Tyrod Taylor at times. A lot of it was you know Marquise Flowers. They used him at times to spy on him. Uh, Marquise did not practice today. He was. Out with an illness, but they used him to spy at times. They did it sometimes with Eric Lee, who's more of an edge type guy. They did that. So they used a couple of different guys. If Kyle Van Noy's back, I'd sort of anticipate he might be the guy that they used to spy Mariota. But yeah, I mean, that's what they're going to do, I think, from. You know, looking at what the Patriots will probably do on passing downs, on passing situations, they're gonna have a spy, they're gonna look to, you know, probably tray flowers off one one edge edge and you know, whether it's flowers or Eric Lee or somebody else on the other edge, try to keep Mario in the pocket, make sure he can't extend plays to the outside. They'll let him climb towards the spy, that's fine, but they don't they're not gonna wanna let him get outside of the pocket. That's gonna be their job on that's the defensive front's job on passing downs, I think.
2: Subscribe or follow today wherever you get your podcasts. Terry, you got anything else? I uh, don't. All right, all right. So, like,
1: like I said, coming up, Mark is going to ask us a couple of questions. But before he does, we are going to talk about my bookie. You've heard me talk about my bookie plenty of times on this podcast. Uh, They are the number one rated online sports books. Uh, Obviously, for all of your playoff football betting needs, you can check out mybookie.ag. Your fantasy football season over, the only way to use your sports knowledge is to win cash by betting at mybookie, a sports book that makes it easy to deposit and even easier to cash out your winnings fast. Uh, And we talked before, the mobile site, that's what's the the best part of that, um, is what... That you can just log on from your phone. You can do it there. You don't have to download an app. You don't have to do any of that. They're, they don't. It's not a clunky site on your phone like some some companies are because they haven't adjusted it to mobile. MyBookie has tailored it to that. They've got odds and everything, live betting, in-game props, all that stuff. You can see that. You can check it out. Desktop, tablet, mobile, wherever you want to do it. You can use it from there. Um, and, and the biggest thing that we talk about every week is. They pay out fast when you win, so you don't have to wait. You don't you don't get to run around trying to get your payouts. So again, check them out, mybookie.ag. Join now, mybookie will deposit, will match your deposit up to a fifty percent bonus when you use the promo code Locked On when making your account. So enter Locked On in the promo code box when you're making your account. Visit mybookie.ag, the internet's favorite sports book where you play, you win, and you get paid. All right. So Mark said he's got some questions for us. So fire away.
0: All right, gentlemen, I think the best place to start is sort of what we were talking about with Tom Brady, and that's this, where the last couple of games of the season where Brady had that sort of down stretch, it was because teams played a lot more man coverage against him, and is that something you anticipate the Titans doing on Saturday as well, throwing man coverage looks at Tom Brady in this Patriots offense?
2: Jimmy, I'll I'll handle this. one. We've seen the Titans do a little bit of both. Uh, we've seen some of that famous Dick LeBeau fire zone uh, not very successful against Travis Kelsey. I, I thought Kelsey ran wild over the middle. Uh, and the Titans just didn't do a very good job of handing off responsibility there. So that's that's a concern I've got with Rob Gronkowski because are, they are going to run some of that zone as LeBeau fires up some of the blitzes. But they did run plenty of man too. Uh, you saw them come up on the line of scrimmage and, and – play man on uh, Tyreek Hill, uh, Adore Jackson did a pretty good job in, in that spot. So I, I would expect Adore to handle Brandon Cooks, uh, and, and hopefully he can have some some similar success. But uh, we've seen this defense as good as it's been uh, against Jimmy Garoppolo in San Francisco. They, they went with a zone look primarily and got torched. So they could not cover the middle of the field. It was a big, big problem. Uh, I think Jonathan Ciprian is is a liability. So if you're looking for a weak link in this defense, I think it's over the middle when you get Avery Williamson, when you get guys like that, guys like Jonathan Ciprian involved in the coverage scheme.
0: Yeah, it's it sort of, you know, building off of that, then you, you mentioned the weakness over the middle. That brings into a question, of course, Rob Gronkowski. And, you know, whenever I have these crossover-type shows, one of the questions I always ask is, what's the plan for Gronkowski? And, you know, from an outside perspective looking in, I, I think Bayard, I think Ciprian, I think those are the guys that get first cracks at him. But what do you guys think? How does Tennessee look to, to cover Gronkowski on Saturday?
1: Yeah, I think one of the more frustrating things about... This defense, and, and don't get me wrong, Dick LeBeau has done a great job with his defense this year because they're still lacking talent at, at quite a few positions. Um, so he, he's done a good job overall, but he uses his safeties interchangeably. So, you know, they don't play, you know, Cyprian strong, Bayard free. I mean, it, it, they mix them up. And so what we saw on on Saturday against the Chiefs before Kelsey went out was, you know, they were getting him matched up on Cyprian and on uh, John Brown, who was the Titans nickel linebacker. You know, Cyprian is not good in coverage. He hasn't been good in coverage his whole career. They didn't sign him. I don't think to come in here and, and be a coverage safety. So I'm hoping that they're working on something, scheming up where the primary guy that gets him is Bayard because I mean, I don't know if anybody has a, has a great chance, Against Rob Gronkowski, man, I don't think you you count on anybody coming out and shutting him down. But if they're going to limit Gronkowski, it's gonna it's gonna be it has to be with Kevin Byard. Um, you know, I would assume, I would hope they will try to when he when when Gronkowski lines up in the formation, not let him have a free free release and all that kind of stuff. But let me just tell you, if they get Gronk matched up on either Brown or Cyprian, I mean, he's gonna have a field day. Um, because, like I said, Cyprian's not good in coverage. And Jayon Brown has been good, but he is definitely no match for Rob Gronkowski.
0: Yeah, and, and guys, it's been interesting that, you know, obviously Bayard's comments about turning Brady into Blake Bortles, those have gotten some attention, but it's kind of overshadowed, at least in my opinion, the fact that Bayard is one heck of a defensive player. And, you know, for the, the, the Locked On Patriots listeners, please make the introduction as to why Bayard is one of the better young safeties in this game.
2: Uh, he does it all. Uh, you saw back at MTSU, he had 19 career interceptions. Uh, didn't even get invited to the combine, and the Titans still took him in the third round. So uh, they use him, like Jimmy was saying, interchangeably. You'll see him play on the line of scrimmage. You'll see him rush the passer a little bit. You'll see him play zone over the middle. You'll see him play free. You'll see him play man. So he's he can do a little bit of everything. And, and the thing about him he always finds his way to the football. It's just, it, you know, some players just have that ability. Kevin Byard has that ability to him. So uh, he, there, he, you're going to see him on Gronk. You're going to see him playing zone. You're going to see him hovering center field. He's going to be everywhere. Uh, he deserves every bit of that all-pro mention he got, and uh, it's kind of ridiculous that he's not in the Pro Bowl.
0: Yeah, something else that sort of stood out to me was, you know, some there, there were a couple of snaps where, the Titans used him as sort of the robber in their cover three looks and dropped him down over the middle. And I, I don't know if you guys would agree with me, but I expect to see a lot of that to use him down over the middle, sort of take away those crossing routes from Gronkowski. Is that something you guys would expect as well?
1: Yeah, I mean, I would hope so. Uh, like I said, they're gonna they're gonna have to try to do whatever they can, in my opinion, to to get Byard matched up on Gronkowski. And you know, we we talked about this last week heading into Travis Kelsey that we hope they would do that, and they didn't. Um, they they kind of play the same style that they played all year. And if Kelsey if Kelsey doesn't get hurt in that game, if he doesn't leave, have to leave the game with a concussion, we're we're probably not talking to you right now. Yeah. Um, because I mean, he was on his way to having a huge day, and then the, the Chiefs' offense just kind of sputtered once he went out. So I mean, hopefully, you know, Dick LeBeau has has learned from that. Um, You know, obviously he has forgotten, you know, way more about football than I'll ever know, but this seems pretty simple, like that would be the the route you would want to take.
0: You know, switching now to when the Titans have the football, and a name that was back on the injury report, left guard Quinton Spain, he was questionable, headed into last week. I thought when he played, you know, with the back injury, he was impressive to me, working those combination blocks. Any sort of update on his condition? If he goes, you know, what do you expect from him, that left guard?
2: I would expect him to go. Uh, he's kind of been banged up the last couple of weeks, but he's he's played in all the games. Uh, he's a powerful dude. Uh, he's a guy that really makes this this run game go. Playing alongside LaJuan, you know they they love running off left side behind him and LaJuan. So uh, the the weakness seems to be Josh Klein on the other side um they they typically move around Josh Klein and he just doesn't have the strength to really move guys off the ball like Spain does uh and and the interesting thing about this run game is it's something that we've been cl- clamoring for uh they finally went to the power spread look uh against the mm-hmm. Chiefs so uh they've they've been lining up in jumbo you know you'll see you would see plenty of two tight end sets. Well, that wasn't the case last week. You know, They they went three three receivers, four receivers, and handed it to Derrick Henry up the middle when you get some of those big bodies out of the middle, and that really worked. So look for that on Saturday night. I, I really think they're going to try and spread out the Patriots. Uh, they're probably going to get down because this team has a problem starting football games for whatever reason. Uh, so expect to see that no-huddle look. But, make no mistake about it. The Titans are still a power offense.
0: right. And do you sort of expect that to be the game plan at least coming out to try to sort of establish the run, establish that ground game? And if Tom Brady sitting and watching, you've got a good chance to win this game?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think they have to like their chances a lot better with we on the sidelines. So the, the, I mean, that's that's their mo anyway. You know, the the exotic smash mouth thing right. that I think Mike Mularkey kind of threw out right. You know, right when he got hired. Um, and sometimes it's been a little bit too much exotic, uh, not enough smash mouth, or not enough able to execute smash mouth this year. Uh, I would say it, it's been better with Derrick Henry. Um, because just for whatever, when Demarco Murray didn't have it this year, he was great last year, but he's been banged up for most of the year, and I think you're just seeing all the carries that he got, especially early in his career, start to catch up with him. So, they're more, effect, they're a more effective running offense with Derrick Henry, um, but Derrick Henry is a guy that needs to. He needs push up front to be effective. He needs holes. Uh, it takes him a while to get up to full speed. Now, once he gets there, you're not going to catch him. And if you, you know, if you've got a defensive back in his way and he's running full speed, that guy's in trouble. But he can get tripped up at the line, and he it takes him a long time to start up. But yeah, absolutely, they're gonna they're gonna do everything they can to play a, a ball control offense. Uh, and uh, just basically to play keep away. I mean, that's what this team has been built to do. That's how they've won games this year. Even when the run game hasn't necessarily been efficient, they've been able to get enough because they've played, quite honestly, a lot of bad offenses. Um, so even with a with an inefficient run game, they're able to keep them in games. Now, if they can come out and have an efficient run game, that, that's, that's been their plan all along. It just hasn't necessarily worked out all year, but yeah they're going to try to do that to keep Brady off the field. Cause that's like you said, that, that's their best chance to win.
0: Now you guys asked me this question. So I'll turn it back on to you from sort of the inside perspective here, Marcus Mariota's season. Like what has it been like to you guys? What, what were your takeaways from this season? Did you see that regression? Or do you think sort of like I did, you know, there was more to it than just him having a bad year.
2: Oh man, that's a loaded question. Uh, <laughs> okay. there, we've, we've talked about it at length on this podcast. Um, uh, it's uh it's something for me personally. I think it's just the mistakes piling up for this offense. Mm-hmm. I think it's it, it, that has spilled over to Mariota's head. Uh he's not really trusting what he sees. You, you know, last year you saw Mariota working with that excuse me, working with his eyes, uh looking off safeties, you know, undressing linebackers just just making people look silly out there. And then you look at him this year, and and he's throwing interceptions right into the linebacker's belly five yards in front of him. So, uh, he, like I said before, he's kind of a shell of himself. But I I just refuse to believe this is who Marcus is. So I think this offense is broken. I, I think you're seeing a lot of new blood at receiver. Uh, you're seeing them work Corey Davis, Taewon Taylor into this. Eric Decker is his first year in the system. Uh, Johnny Smith. So I, I think there's been a lot of – miscommunication like you were saying earlier it, it, not very good routes are being run by these receivers the route, route concepts you're seeing guys ending up in the same spot so it's kind of like what do you want Marcus to do you know he's got to still operate in this offense so uh, when the mistakes come from the receivers it's going to spill over to Marcus so uh, long term my my faith in him has not wavered one bit uh, but this has kind of been a throwaway year uh, for him. But it, it's strange because they're they're one game away from the AFC title. Yeah, yeah. yeah and, and just real real quickly from from
1: me, um, like Terry and I have been, you know, we've been in fighting people on Twitter all year about you know oh, they're like we, get, really we got we got to draft a quarterback and he you know he's oh. done he's no good and it's like look go back and watch last year like that that guy is there. Um, and and luckily we've started to see a little bit more of that in the last couple of weeks. Uh, you just you notice the difference in him when it, when he pulls down to run. Um, earlier in the year, and I think it was injuries and like Terry said, just just being uncomfortable in this offense. Um, but earlier in the year, there were times where he'd see a guy coming at him, and it was almost like he would just kind of stare at him and then fall down. You know, yeah. like an Eli Manning would do, not like Marcus Mariota would do. And yeah. so over the last couple of weeks, we've seen a little bit more of the guy that 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 breaks the pocket, keeps his eyes up the field, still looking to throw, but then, you know, tucking it and running it if that's what he needs to do. So we've been encouraged by that. But Terry and I both are huge Marcus Mariota supporters. um, And like he said, we haven't wavered in that this year. But it's been frustrating at times just to kind of see, just when it feels like the offense is not being tailored toward him, it's kind of like it plays all his weaknesses instead of any of his strengths.
0: All right, gentlemen, I'll sort of let you get out of here on this one. And, you know, obviously Patriots 14-point favorites. I think it's going to be a much closer game than that 14-point line. That's just me. You guys might feel the same way or differently. But what would sort of have to happen maybe early in this game for you guys to start thinking, all right, look, that 14-point line, throw it out the window because this game's going down to maybe the final possession or the final play.
2: I I said this yesterday on on ours. uh, Titans had to start fast, and it's something they haven't done all year. Uh, for whatever reason, they don't show up until the, the second quarter of these games. So th- they they can't allow Brady 14 points. They can't slot 14. That's not going to go well for them. So I think if they start fast, uh, kind of keep it close, stay within seven uh, before the halftime break, and get the run game going, uh, I-, I think the Titans will have a shot at that. Now, whether or not they can do that is a different story, but that's the formula to me.
1: Yeah, and that's the thing we talked about last night. I mean, it's just scary because, like Terry said, we've seen so many games this year where they've dug themselves in a hole and then they've been able to, to fight and claw back, but you're not going to be able to do that against the Patriots, against Tom Brady. So that, that's the scary part to me. The other scary thing is they said on the broadcast on Saturday against the Chiefs that I, I think it's the last four games now, the Titans' first series, they haven't even gotten a first down. So, I mean, that speaks to, you know, that's your offensive script, right? So that speaks to an offensive coordinator that has no idea what he's doing. Um, How much of that can can they change in a week? I don't know. But, yeah, I don't. I don't feel good at all about this game. The more that I, the more that I think about it, the more that I'm just afraid that Brady's gonna go out there and carve him up. Because I just, I, I think that the defense has played has played well this year. Has played better than we thought it would at the beginning of the year. But when they've gone up against elite quarterbacks, they've just gotten torched. I mean, go back and watch the. Uh, the the Steelers game it was, it was Thursday Night Football. When they when they switched to just that quick hitting passing game, the Titans had no answers for it. Mm-hmm. So you know that Bill Belichick is going to make those adjustments in game. Um, you know that, that that's the kind of stuff that, that they're looking at. That they've seen all that. So I just I don't know. I, I feel like I, I feel like it might be more than fourteen points, and I'm going to get killed for that like I did last week. But um, I just I just don't I don't think that at the end of the day the Titans have enough firepower to keep pace with what they're going to need that tom brady's going to have against this defense
0: well it should be fun saturday i'm definitely looking forward to it i know you gentlemen are as well
1: absolutely so again that is uh mark Schofield. mark we really appreciate your time tonight and uh hopefully you've got some stuff that your listeners will be interested in as well um so that's going to do it for us tonight as well uh, like I said at the beginning of the show, be sure and check out Uh We'll have a lot more about this game leading up to it and then all of the reaction afterwards. Uh, again, check out Mark's show, Locked On Patriots, and his work at Bleacher Report as well. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at MCM. Terry is at fb. So for Mark and Terry, this is Jimmy saying thanks for listening to Locked On Titans, and we will talk to you next week.